and get your Bible or your, your digital device and click over to John chapter 18, the Gospel of John chapter 18, and I want to read from verse 33 to verse 38. John 18, 33 through 38. Our subject for the past couple of months has been the kingdom of God. I want to continue in the theme of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of darkness. And this morning, this morning's message is called Jesus and Pilate. Jesus and Pilate. John 18, 33. Pilate went back into the governor's residence, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own people and your chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, and this is critical, because Jesus never wastes words. So here is a government official who represents all the authorities in the governments of the world and the kingdom of darkness. And he's standing before him and he has said, what have you done? The first words out of Jesus' mouth, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my servants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Now when Peter or, or when Pilate heard that, the scripture says Pilate said, "So you are a king." That's the tone that he took. "So you are a king." He wasn't asking him, "Well, are you a king?" He was declaring. He had heard, he had seen Jesus speak, speak, and he said, so you are a king. And Jesus replied, you say that I am a king for this reason. What reason? For me being a king. The reason that I have come and I've brought the kingdom. For this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone say the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked, what is truth? What is truth? The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light come face to face in this remarkable encounter between Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ. God brings Pilate as the representative of all worldly kingdoms of darkness into direct confrontation with his kingdom of light in this meeting between these two men. Now Pilate is standing there as the governor of Judea and he represents Caesar. He represents the Roman Empire, the empire ruling the world at that time. And so Pilate thinks that he represents everything that's real. He thinks he represents everything that's meaningful, everything that matters. He knows he's in authority in this kingdom. He knows he has control. He believes that his authority, representing the Roman Empire, represents the aspirations of all people. 
the provision and everything anyone could possibly want. He's in charge of it. But he's baffled at Jesus' lack of effort to save himself by taking refuge under Pilate's authority. And he's absolutely um, curious and, and baffled, probably is the better word, that Jesus isn't doing this because he thinks Jesus is about to lose everything. And he has no clue that Jesus is actually about to take over the world. He sees poor Jesus as a man who he thinks has been falsely accused and he wants to save him. Jesus refuses to be saved by Pilate. By refusing to put himself under the authority of the kingdom of darkness. Now it doesn't matter that Pilate was a nice guy if he was a nice guy, or that he was respectful to Jesus. None of those things matter. What matters is that he represents the kingdom of darkness. He represents all of the kingdoms and the empires of darkness across the world. And Jesus refuses to put himself under the authority of the kingdom of darkness in order to be saved. And in so doing, Jesus both saves himself and everyone who will ever follow him into the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to hear that, and I want you to understand the principle that in refusing to put himself under the protection of the kingdom of darkness, he makes himself available to God, not only for him to be saved by the resurrection, but to bring each and every one of us into God's kingdom with him. If we want to follow Jesus, we need to stand where Jesus stood. And we need to take the position that Jesus took. Can you say amen? amen. Pilate said, so you are a king. Now when Pilate represents Jesus' kingship, he immediately wants to know about his authority because every king has authority. He wants to know What's the uh, nature of your dominion? What do you rule over? What is your authority like? So he asked Jesus about his authority. And in his answer, Jesus goes directly at the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. The truth. Immediately Jesus separates himself from the kingdom of the Roman Empire and from Pilate by talking about my kingdom is based on the truth. Now, Pilate asked the question, well, what is truth? And the simple answer is the truth, and you have to use the definite article, the truth. The truth is what the I am says is. Amen. That is the truth. And in fact, in Isaiah 30 and verse 21, God said, this is the way. Walk in it. In the kingdom of God, there is a way. Jesus came and he said, I am the way. Not a way, the way. And Jesus either lied or was terribly deceived or the world has it wrong. There is only the way. There is only the truth. And there is only the life. And so the kingdom of God is founded upon God has said. That's what truth is. 
God has said. How many phrases of that nature are there in the Bible where, and God said, and God has said. They're all over the scriptures. God is not a mystery. He has made absolutely perfectly clear what the truth is. Now people can choose to be confused about it, but there actually is no confusion about the truth. In fact, God made it so clear that he came himself, became a human so that he could speak it directly to us and exemplify it in all of his actions. Then, before he left, he said, now I'm going to send my spirit when I rise from the dead to live in you and the truth, the spirit of truth, will be in you. So there's no ambiguity. The, the kingdom of God is founded on God has said. Everyone say that with me. God has said. Now the kingdom of darkness, on the other hand, Pilate's kingdom, the kingdom of darkness is founded on the question, has God said? Same words, they're just changed around. And where did that question originally show up in history? Out of the mouth of Satan, God has said, you may eat of every tree. You cannot, however, do this. And when the devil shows up, he says, has God said? And the very moment, look at how toxic, look how lethal that ideology, has God said? You see, it wasn't an honest question. It was a subliminal accusation. It was the accusation that God lied. God didn't tell the truth. Or at the very least, God held back the truth. But God gave to man all that we need and held nothing back. That accusation, has God said, is the spirit that Pilate's kingdom operates under. Can you say amen? amen. Every government and every position of authority upon the earth must choose, and they do choose, whether to be ruled either by God has said or has God said. And that makes the difference between all the tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of people that live under those kingdoms. Are you living under a kingdom whose leaders are ruled by God has said, or are you living in a kingdom whose leaders are ruled by has God said? You know, in a way, Pilate was being flippant by saying, when he said, well, what is truth? It was his way of saying, truth is irrelevant. Truth doesn't matter. Truth has nothing to do with the Roman Empire. We are not about truth. We form our regulations based on accommodating the needs at the moment. And that's what our power and that's what our authority is based upon. Now, what I want to do is talk for a few minutes about the contrast between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness because the kingdom of God is also referred to as the kingdom of light. And, the, and Satan's kingdom over the world, that which he stole from, from Adam using man's authority and corrupted, 
is also called the kingdom of darkness. So we have the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. Now, in the Bible, the word darkness, as it's used in the kingdom of darkness, isn't the absence of physical light. It's the absence of truth. The kingdom of darkness suffers from the absence of truth. And so darkness is ignorance of the truth. Now listen very carefully because you're going to need to get this connection so you don't misunderstand what's coming in this message. Darkness is ignorance of the truth. Therefore, the kingdom of darkness is essentially Satan ruling people by ignorance. Not in ignorance, but by ignorance. In other words, he's not ruling ignorant people. He's ruling people who have the truth in front of them, but he's ruling them with chains of ignorance. So he rules his kingdom by ignorance, not in ignorance. So in other words, the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of darkness, people aren't ruled by Satan because of ignorance, but they're ruled by Satan with ignorance. He uses ignorance to enslave people. Now, I know that up till this point, you're thinking ignorance is the absence of information, the absence of truth, being void of truth, being void of information. But Romans 1 says, mankind is inexcusable in their accusation that God has hidden himself in the vast darkness of obscurity and he hasn't made known what he is or who he is. God said in Romans 1 that absolutely not only is incorrect, it is a lie. It is a lie. He said because what may be known of God is everywhere to be seen throughout nature. People are ignorant not because they don't have information, but because they're filled with false and rebellious information and have chosen to believe what is a lie, not that they didn't have access to the truth. Can you say praise the Lord? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the scripture says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see. They are ignorant, unable to see. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ who is the exact person of God. Their ignorance is based on Satan blinding their minds. Now Satan blinds them not with a hood over their head of inaccessibility to truth, but by feeding them lies. Just as I had said, uh, he fills them with rebellious theories, and they would rather believe, well, has God said? Did he really mean? He, God can't possibly mean that men should only marry women and that women should only be attracted to men. God can't possibly mean that because we have all around us in the evidence of our culture and in the evidence of our society that that isn't so. And they are correct. In the world, it isn't so. Why is it not so? Why is it not so that every child that comes into the world is special, is wonderful? Adolf Hitler was a child at some point, was he not? Judas was a child. Our prisons are filled with people who have committed 
unspeakable atrocities against their fellow man. And they were cute, beautiful little children when they came into the world. You see, the kingdom of has God said is based upon how man sees a broken and sin-sick world that has rejected God. The truth is there. But Satan blinds the minds of people simply by force-feeding them lies and rebellion, just as he did when he went to Adam and Eve. So when 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, which is the verse that says Satan blinds the minds of those who don't believe, I call them 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 people. When 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 people are in government, they spread the darkness that they themselves are controlled by. When you vote for people who are 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 people, they use their power and influence to advance the kingdom of darkness because that's the kingdom they have chosen until they change their choice. You see, people have made choices by default. People don't become 14, 15, 16, 18 years old, 20 years old, and kick the can down the road. That is a complete fallacy. People say, well, I don't know if I want to get saved. I don't know if I believe that. They've just made a decision. You've just made a decision. We make decisions, and then we change those decisions, or we reinforce those decisions every single day of our life, sometimes several times throughout the day, if you're flexible. So the, the point is that people really aren't kicking the can down the road. By hearing the gospel and saying, I don't believe it, I don't want it, you're choosing to believe, has God said. That sounds more intelligent to you. Your professors in school told you, well, it's stupid to, to think this or to, to believe this way. Because the Bible says men wrote the Bible. Well, men wrote those textbooks. That dude, that fool wrote his course. We choose to believe what accommodates us. And God in his phenomenal mercy and love will let you change that choice at any time in your life. At any time you can wake up and say, you know, I've been a fool. I am sorry. Lord, I do see that you are the king of the only true kingdom. When you vote for people, when you vote for people who support abortion, who support the sexualization of children in school, who tolerate lawlessness in their cities and in their states, and who push the tyranny of Marxism, socialism and communism you make them your leaders your vote is registered in heaven you have just gone on record saying this is who is my leader and there are Christians all over this country who will push the voting button for abortionists for people that support abortion because those same people stand for other things that they like. You make that person your leader and you can't parse it. You can't say, well, I'm just going to take this position and not that position. You are paying for a person who wants murder to be legal and wants 
to be able to get away with it and wants people to continue to be able to get away with it. I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable. I hope it makes you darn uncomfortable because eternity is for real. The kingdom of God is for real. Jesus really was crucified. They did hang him on a cross. They accused him of certain things. He spoke the truth and they went at him with their lies and they crucified him. What they didn't realize, what it was, it was all in his plan to begin with because he was offering himself as the sacrifice. Sin bore its teeth and took our Savior to Calvary's cross and offered him up. They didn't realize he was being offered as the king of glory. But when you vote for people who support abortion, sexualizing our children in school, tolerating lawlessness, the tyranny of Marxism, and many, many, many other things, you make them your leaders, and you know what? You help them spread the kingdom of darkness that crucified Jesus. Do you realize you are voting for the power that put Jesus to death? You say, preacher, I think you're stretching it, making that connection. No, I'm not. It is connected. It just takes people with a backbone instead of a wishbone to observe and make that connection. There are not two and three choices of whose authority you want to be under in this world. There is the kingdom of God. And you tell me, what good is there outside the kingdom of God? Even the good that's out there in the world is there because of God's mercy and grace. He makes his goodness to reign upon the just and the unjust. That's the mercy of God. Pilate's statement, what is truth, reveals that the kingdom of darkness has no relationship with the truth. So what is the authority of the kingdom of darkness based on? The authority of the kingdom of darkness is based on the sheer acquisition and exercise of its own power to keep itself in play. Now, if you feel secure voting for leaders who exercise their authority simply because they have power, they don't feel that they answer to an absolute morality, they don't believe, oh, they absolutely have moral standards, but they change with whatever sinners want or don't want. They change and shift like a chameleon with the environment of human history. So after Jesus explains to Pilate the nature of the authority of his kingdom, which is the truth, Pilate realizes there's nothing in his kingdom to save Jesus. He wants to save Jesus, but because Jesus has squarely placed himself in the kingdom of truth, Pilate has no tools in his kingdom to help Jesus. You are helpless when you put yourself under the authority of darkness because the kingdoms of darkness cannot save you. They don't deal with the truth. If you do not live under the authority of the kingdom of God, <clears throat> you have no safety. The truth has no chance in the world when the wicked are in, in charge. That's why elections have incredible consequences. In fact, Isaiah 59 
looks down through time and sees the day that we're entering into and says, justice has turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares and righteousness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. Now listen to this. And he who departs from evil is attacked. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. Those that are in charge of the kingdom of darkness talk all day long about justice. But their justice is based on, has God said? They make up their own standards as they go. And then they stamp them in stone as if they were the Ten Commandments brought down from Mount Sinai. And they will change with whoever is in charge and whatever they want. When Christians help to elect the wicked who work against the truth, they create the very conditions that produce their persecution. Christians will have no one to blame but themselves for spending decades voting for godless men and women. Because somebody wanted to handle your taxes a different way, you voted for somebody who stands for the murder of innocent children. You vote for people who want to destroy the Judeo-Christian foundation of accountability and freedom that goes with that accountability before God and turn us over to a Marxist state because you think you're going to get some free stuff. You think the government's going to cut you a break and do something. You make a deal with a government that crucified Jesus because you think you're going to get something. Jesus is the only one that took a true stand. And in front of Pilate, he said, I don't need your deliverance. God's got a plan, and I'm, in, I'm going with it. And Pilate thought he was going down, but he had no idea he was about to be resurrected up. And so Christians have got to, have got to get rid of the wishbone and get a backbone and stop wishing for the kingdoms of this world. You know, it's funny. Whether it's a racial issue, whether it's a monetary issue, Everybody's out there wanting the candidate that says what they want to hear about their own personal proclivities. The thing doesn't really disturb me because that's how sinners are. But Christians, Christians who ought to realize that they have no racial ethnicity in the kingdom of God. Christians who ought to realize that their color is red, not white, not black not Asian or any other persuasion. It's red through the blood of Jesus Christ. And white, not Caucasian, white under righteousness. Purity because we've been washed by the blood. And yet they will vote for evil killers because those people get up and say the things that they want to hear. So when Christians help elect the wicked, who work against the truth, they create the very condition that one day will persecute them. Proverbs 29 and 2 says, When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. Now here's where this message is going to come down to a practical understanding for you. In a representative democracy such as we have, when you put those 
who honor the kingdom of God in authority, light will shine through the nation. Even though God knows that not everyone in the nation is righteous, he will release righteousness and blessing because the people that the nation chose to represent them. Your leaders are a statement, not just to Russia, China, and the rest of the world. Your leaders are a statement to God. Who you pick as your leader says to God what your values are and what you believe in. And so when Christians put the righteous in power, God is willing to bless the entire nation, the unrighteous and the righteous. But the scripture says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. Now, when you put the wicked, when you put the ignorant in power, darkness rules the land. And listen to me. No amount of Christian influence can stop the spread of evil. Christians have been praying for decades and interceding, but the march into darkness is not going to stop until we stop putting ignorant, evil people in office. Because every time we do, we say those are our standards, those are our leaders. And then we think that we can pray against that effect. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie. It's one of the mistakes we've made, and we better straighten it out while we probably have one breath left. Are you listening to me? Christians cannot have rallies, pray and intercede, and undo the results of evil elections because they are the leaders that the Bible says, when the wicked bear rule, the people groan. Are you listening to me? Now, I... I personally don't think you people are going to put the wicked in office. But through you, I'm speaking to whoever has ears to hear. Let them hear. The government that says, what is truth? That is the nature of modern education. What is truth? It's humanistic. We have the right to evaluate society, evaluate everybody's proclivities, and then Decide on what policies and what morality we want to base our regulations and rules on. What is truth? The government that says what is truth is the government that crucified Jesus. That's why I'm preaching this message this morning. Jesus stood nose to nose with Pilate. And Pilate said, so you are a king? He says, yes, I am. You're right. My kingdom is of the truth, and everyone who hears me speak the truth hears the voice of God. And Pilate admitted right up front without a moment's hesitation, I don't know and I don't care about truth. The truth has nothing to do with my kingdom. I don't understand it. It's irrelevant to me. Now, I understand that Jesus was in a day when they didn't elect Pilate. Pilate was appointed. But it's even worse that we exercise our will through voting because we are responsible for the leaders that we have. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's called accountability. And Christians are accountable before God more than any other people that walk the face of the earth. So the government that says what is truth is the one that crucified Jesus, and that government's going to come after you. 
But there's good news. Let's, let's, let's make some good news this morning. There is good news because, as I said, when the godly are in authority, the impossible is within reach. We say, you know, we don't see miracles like we used to. We do see miracles. We see phenomenal acts of God all the time. And God is willing to do the impossible if we would put godly people in authority. You see, in God's eyes, they characterize the nation. They represent the nation. And Colossians 1, 12 through 13, the Father has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So God will work through people who have let him rescue them from the kingdom of darkness. Have you let God rescue you from the kingdom of darkness? Can you stand with Jesus before Pilate and say, I don't need your deliverance. God has got me. God has got me. I'm not going to, I am not going to sacrifice and compromise the truth for the convenience of whatever you can do for me. Do for my taxes, do for my station in life, do for my happiness. You see, it is satanic. It is satanic to look at the government and say, you owe me happiness. You owe me the conditions. You are responsible for making the legal boundaries in which I can find happiness. That is a satanic lie. If you keep believing it, you are damning yourself. And you are setting up millions of people to be persecuted by a bloodthirsty, godless government who does not understand truth. We need to put people in office that humble themselves under the mighty hand of God if we want to be lifted up in due time. God will work through people that have let them, that have let him deliver them out of the kingdom of darkness and have transferred their citizenship into the kingdom of his son, into the kingdom of light. And listen to me very carefully. Because we're not talking about being a candidate for Sunday school superintendent. We're talking about God using instruments out in the world in daily life. So even though they are flawed, even though they are rough, unpolished, make big mistakes, God will come to people who honor the truth. And he will put them in powerful positions to do impossible things through them. If you don't believe me, I want to give you, and I'll close with this, a couple of examples. Gideon. Gideon said, I am insignificant and I am the least among a weak people. But God came to him and said, you are a mighty warrior. And through Gideon, God miraculously delivered the nation out from under tyrants. Gideon was not the best choice. But he responded to truth. David was just a shepherd boy overlooked by his family. But God came to him, God who knew he would 
commit adultery. God who knew he would lie. God who knew he would make big blunders and mistakes. God came to him and said, you're not just a shepherd boy. You are the king. You are the, and a man after my own heart. Now hear me, church. And through David, he delivered the nation out of bondage under corrupt leadership and into freedom and victory over their enemies. Joseph. Joseph was a slave in a foreign empire, forgotten, condemned to spend his life in the inner prisons of Pharaoh's penitentiary system. But God came to him and said, that's not who you are. You're, you are a world ruler. You are a world ruler. And he made him in one day prime minister of the greatest empire on the face of the earth and used him to save Israel. Finally, Peter. Peter said to Jesus, depart from me. I'm a wishy-washy sinful man. And Jesus said, nonsense. You're a fisher of men with a rock of revelation growing inside of you. And he used Peter to help usher in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? amen? You see, Jesus explained his kingdom to Pilate by saying, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Stop voting for people who do not listen to the truth. I don't care if they're crude. I don't care if they're rough. I don't care if they cuss. I don't care if they behave badly or you wouldn't invite them to your salons or social gatherings. It doesn't matter. God knows what's in the heart. God knows the man or the woman who in his heart bows his knee to the truth and it shows up in their actions. They honor the covenants of God. They honor Israel. They honor righteousness. They fight no matter how badly. They are torn up day by day for their stand. They fight for the rights of the unborn. They fight for the things that matter to God. I don't think you would look that pristine if you got beat up every day like people that put themselves in that position do. I don't know why we kick people in the shins and then criticize the way they walk, but we do. And then we don't want to elect them. We better wake up and realize what elections are about. They are an extension of our faith. They are an exercise of our authority. You are using your authority when you vote, when you choose leaders. And not only in political contests, but throughout your life. When you pick people to look up to, when you choose people as leaders in your life, be careful. Choose people who support the truth. Jesus said, as he answers Pilate, the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Jesus is speaking from his kingdom to you today. And I pray that you hear his voice. And when he speaks to you, he speaks to the real person, not the person the world sees. When Jesus speaks to us, he talks to the real person. Not even the person you think you are. 
He speaks to the person he sees that you are, that he has created you to be, and not the person that the world sees. So no matter who you are, flawed, rough, having made big mistakes, Jesus is calling you into his kingdom to stand for the truth in this world. And God will make a difference through you. God will make a difference in this world that we always say one could put to flight a thousand, two could put to flight ten thousand. He's not talking about just any Christians. He's talking about one and two who are standing in the kingdom of God for the truth. You cannot defeat that bond. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? I'd like you to close your Bibles or shut your devices and stand with me.